Hello, nerds and future nerds. Welcome back to the VF Comics Podcast. This week, we're going to change up our structure just a little bit moving forward to help you find and look forward to all kinds of books that are coming out each month. Um, So this week, we are going to focus on letting you know about some of the best comics, in our opinion, coming out in February, so you can go into your local shop well-informed. This week I have with me Megan. Uh, hey, I was expecting more, hey. so I just and James. Hello. <laughs> this is the first time I didn't have an I didn't have an introduction written down yeah. or anything ins- in insulting to say. So yeah. I just names. said eh, huh? your names. Okay. Weird. If if it if it makes you feel better, I because I didn't prep for the two of you. That's an insult in itself, and that I didn't think enough of you to prep. Wow, that's nice. Um, harsh. <laughs> you're wrong. See, I told you. Whether I prepare or not, I'm mean. Did you guys have a good week? Yeah. Do anything yeah, special? Good. Nothing special. Nothing special. Just uh, got a lot of back issues coming in and out. Uh, but other than that, just doing business. I've been trying to collect a bunch of Frankenstein uh, books from DC, and I picked up the first five issues of Gotham City Monsters uh, from. <laughs> you this week and i already read the first issue today actually and it's really good it's you know it's not the highest art form but it's steve orlando and it's monsters so that's my kind of <laughs> shit yeah yeah and then good also it's always appreciated also this week when i was by the shop uh napoleon dynamite was on the tv oh. and it's a part where Napoleon is for the future farmers of America. He's taste testing mm-hmm. milk, which I always thought was silly, but is apparently a real. Oh, thing. it is. I I knew that. Oh, see, I I didn't, but James did. But he said he never taste tested milk, but he did do something else. What? <laughs> and I want the world to know. Yeah, that. I was a I was a proud FFA member. Um, back in my uh, back in my youth. Uh, I sported the uh, the fashionable purple corduroy jacket. Uh, I used to do meat judging. <laughs> meat judging. Oh no! Well, that's something. <laughs> that's a that that is also a thing. Uh, my thing was that we would uh, go to slaughterhouses and basically look at different cuts of meat. And, uh, you know, grade them based on quality, Oh, which, nice. uh, you know, it isn't that far removed, I guess, from being someone who can grade comics. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. would look at them for, for, for different Taste characteristics, uh, uh, different characteristics, uh, marbling, you know, fat on the outside. Uh, you know, you had, you know, different things that you looked for. and. You know, it was like, oh, that's a great steak, or that's a great tongue, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, you know, all the cuts. Cool. You, you graded all the cuts. So you had, like, all kinds of exotic cuts from the cow that you would mm, mm-hmm. You know, of all the nerdy things I know, I've known of people doing, grading meat at that level might be the nerdiest thing i've I mean, ever it's... heard in, in high school but you know f- 
FFA was all about, you know, teaching you how to do things or preparing you to do things in the agriculture business. I was from a rural area, a lot of farming and, uh, uh, you know, that was just kind of a, kind of a thing. I, yeah. And believe it or not, it was, it was, uh, it was one of the highlights of my <laughs> high school years. Uh, oh my, no, <laughs> sorry. Mainly, mainly be, be, because you always got, got to go on these like really cool yeah. trips and stuff, you know, where you would, uh, you know, you would go to the local slaughterhouse or to the local university, oh you know, or, you know, wherever, and you would, you know, participate in these, uh, in these competitions and uh it was always fun it was uh you know there was a lot of clowning around and stuff also you know we were sure. high school kids uh we had a guy who uh on our team it seemed it never failed for for him to uh whenever we were judging they would have all the different meats laid out and there was always a tongue laid out and uh without fail he would always like somehow get a hold of that of that tongue and put it in a zipper and run around and, and make jokes what? about it. So, uh, okay. you know, just little things like that. Yeah. Normal high school experiences. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, for a bunch of country boys, you know, from, from South Arkansas, it never failed that we would go, uh, to this competition at, uh, at the university of Arkansas and we'd stay at a hotel room. And it was just known that, if you were able to, you know, succeed in your, uh, in your regional judging, you would be able to go to this, uh, competition at Fayetteville. And the big draw was, was that the, the whole hotel that you stayed in every year always had porn. What? And <laughs> it was, you gotta make sure to mark like, this as a not for children known. episode. What? It was just known. And it so known. it was like, it was just your, you know, I guess your uh, your incentive for for making it to to state. You know, and listen, uh, boys, if you judge this uh, meat good enough and get us, you're to gonna state, get to judge some real I'm meat. Let but you, watch but you have to. But <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just the meat people; it was like the milk people, and the egg people, and the, you yeah. know, all all of us who, who would do these things. I don't know why y'all are laughing because this is just like awesome. straight up. You know, it was something that, we didn't that, know about. It sounds you. straight up like something that City would happen folk. in my high school. So. City folk. I am from. God. No, I am not. I not you can't. You can't, you can't call anyone me. in Arkansas city folk. To be honest, I'm from a town with two thousand people. I grew up in a cow pasture. So, um, well, that's great because anyway, that, James that used to thing. judge your cows yeah. after they took them apart. Good. Yeah, it was really. Uh, it, it was really fun being involved in FFA and everything. I mean, it was. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, Whenever I saw uh, Napoleon Dynamite for the first time, and I saw that, I was like, "I bet that is so alien to people, you know, um, that that's yeah, happening." It was it's like that, like brought back tons oh of memories. Oh my god, from me it was from, just actually uh, based on. I love that I got to find out so much more about you from being up at the shop at the right time. That makes me so happy. And to know, I know James was good at it because he was so proud to tell me that this was something that he used that's to do. Beautiful. He was just like smiling ear to ear, like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't do that, but I used to judge. And it wasn't me. just, and it wasn't just, you know, meat or whatever, you know, those types of things. We would also learn things about parliamentary procedure, which is like, you know, kind of how the government mm -hmm. works, you know, and about how to kind of conduct business from a parliamentary perspective and uh, learning things about leadership and all that. So it was a, you know, that was just kind of kind of what we did. You know, that was our thing. It's really, really cool to know that, like, I mean, James, were you thinking of going into that before you got into comics? Going into meats? Yeah. Uh, no, I never really thought <laughs> of it. I just, that. I never thought of that. I was just thinking, you know, it, it, if you ever need to have somebody pick you out a good steak at the grocery store. Hell yeah. So, I'm so, taking you with me. Um open invitation to our listeners. If you want to go to our social media and post a picture of your meat in the next couple of weeks, I will have James, I will have James look at it and grade it. Um, so I expect to see some really good meat. On oh our no. Oh, it's just like, I like to think that, that, that you're making a joke here. No, I kind of not real. 
I'm gonna. You're I'm not gonna, realizing exactly what you're saying. To I oh, Babby nope. Marcus, the internet, he's so sweet. Uh, nope i I know what I'm saying to the internet, and I welcome their. Responses. I do not, <laughs> unless you are literally sending pictures of steak. I do not. So, anyways, we're gonna move on. I just wanted to let everyone know a little bit more about God. James uh, by bringing that up, and I'm. I think that's really interesting. I am going to be eating steak. Next time I eat steak, I'm taking James with me. In fact, I'm going to buy his steak if he's going to help me pick out something there like that. Go. Is that acceptable, James? Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. I didn't think you would be upset. Um, so before we get the last thing I want to do before we get into what's coming out in February, I'm just going to run through real quick a couple pieces of news and upkeep. Um, the first is that this most recent uh, week, DC Comics has announced the death of the Justice League, and they're trying to make a big deal out of this. Everyone listening, I'm sure, is rolling their eyes. But of note to me was that the Justice League members, because they say this is the, on top of the Justice League dying, it's going to be the last issue of Justice League for the for the foreseen future. Yeah, we'll see. But by doing that, I also noticed on the cover arts and some of the descriptions, it's focused on classic classic Justice League members instead of the current roster that includes Naomi and Black Adam and some of the stranger new characters they've introduced to the team. Um, and I just thought that was a little weird. Maybe it has something to do with the Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes book. But yeah, I, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. James, how long do you think before the Justice League comes back? History tells me that it'd probably be back maybe about a year or two uh, if it, if we're lucky. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of maybe optimistic about this a little bit in that there may be some sort of overall plan that's going on that, you know, I've, I've always kind of thought, you know, over these last few years that DC really hasn't had a plan. <laughs> They've kind of just kind of been making these decisions, you know, periodically that would, you know, kind of upset the apple cart and then you would hear about something coming down the road and then it kind of only half happens. And like so 5G turned really into sure. future state. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, anything ambitious that they're rolling out that they might ac actually stick with, I'm, I'm okay with because I think there needs to be some shakeups. If they, you know, if this is a part of a larger plan, that being, you know, Superman, Son of Kal-El, and a lot of these younger characters that have been introduced along the way, you know, stepping into more prominent roles on the Justice League. Uh, that would be interesting. That would be, uh, I, would, I would like to uh, see how that would play out. It seems like DC has a hard time committing to things, and if they get the sense that things aren't working exactly the way that they want it to, they kind of back out, and it's kind of a mess at that point. So. Uh, you know, it'd be cool if we uh, if we had a major sea change on on the Justice League along the lines of you know how they did uh, you know the X Men you know mm -hmm. back in the day or oh yeah uh, you know do something completely different. There just needs to be some some shakeups. It makes know, me wonder the, if they're bringing some of their five G idea back, where new heroes take on the mantles, something they did in Future State. And something they also did in that deceased book where eventually John took over as Superman and Damien took over as Batman. Granted, that was like an alternate universe zombie book, but it was cool seeing some of the younger characters take over very permanently those legacy mantles in that book. Um, yeah. They can't keep uh, treating Kal-El as this, you know, sacred cow that they, you know, that they can sideline, but they can't really you know, get rid of or, or, you know, it's, it's to the point now where it would be nice if they could maybe push the, uh, the Superman mythos beyond that, uh, mainly because it just, nobody's really been able to figure out a good way of doing it, you know, in years, probably since Grant Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think Superman, Superman, son of Kal-El, has been like maybe testing waters for that. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. That's possible. And I mean, you know, just think about it. You have a, a new Justice League with, you know, uh, the uh, uh, with the uh, son of Kal-El, uh, 
you have, you know, Nightwing or, you know, one of the other mini Robins or. Yeah, but say bring the Super Sons back, Damien and John. Very different dynamic from Bruce and Clark. well, I'm thinking more more of the like guys who are like actually stepping into the larger role, you know. I mean, like the, uh, you know, you have a lot of these younger characters that could, you know, step up and, you know, in a world without these legacy, these older characters, you know, you're having a younger generation kind of step in and try to figure out their way of uh, of uh, filling those shoes. You know, from a team perspective, that would be really interesting. But, uh, but then I look down the road and I see that that we have a, a new world's finest, which seems to involve uh, just three Cal- months before this event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, you know, you just wonder. You know, there's just a lot of uh, indecision and in editorial over there. I think that that they're trying to hold on to the purest while also trying to move forward and those things don't always you know job together whenever you're dealing with a shared universe and it's yeah. you know that's dc continuity you know i mean cool. that they've been trying to do that for you know decades so i don't know um you know hopefully they're just good stories so yep we'll see and hopefully that uh, i'm hoping dc does that even if I honestly like sometimes DC's best stuff. Not only is their non-continuity stuff, but when even their in shared universe stuff kind of ignores it. Like when Batman doesn't call Superman, um, you know, during some big event. Like sometimes it's okay to ignore it for the sake of a story. Um, the only other piece of news that I thought was interesting, and this has been rumored and talked about a bit, was um, Hasbro is taking Transformers and GI Joe away from IDW. So IDW for the first time in looks like I think time wise and they've been publishing Transformers and GI Joe for the last 15 or so years and they're not going to be anymore um which sucks for fans of the current arcs and Transformers. I know they just kind of had a major reboot in the last year or two and as a fan of the current Beast Wars comic hearing that that is going to end is frustrating because it's been a really cool like reimagining of the beast war show without being connected to the other transformer books um james i assumed as a gi joe fan you might have an opinion on this idw has been operating under i guess hasbro's you know direction on this stuff i i assume and you know the the G.I. Joe franchise has been sort of stuck in this middle ground of, you know, do we want to make it for kids? Do we want to make it for the, uh, for the old fans? Um, uh, it's, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag at IDW. I mean, the, uh, the uh, G.I. Joe Transformers book that they did, um, uh, a while back was absolutely incredible. I mean, it was a great book one of my favorites uh and it was something completely different and completely off the wall and that was probably what made it so great uh whenever they've they've tried to to sort of cater to the old school fans you know they you know brought back larry hama uh he's been on uh a real american hero now for, for quite a while over at idw who's been kind of you know carrying the flag for the old fans and the and the more traditional uh, uh, G.I. Joe fan. That franchise is very much stuck right now in this sort of uh, contradiction of, of being a a toy property that involves guns and military and fighting and in a more modern, uh, in our modern society, that's, that's kind of a difficult spot to be in. Uh, and... I've always felt like that that Hasbro is going to have to at some point come to grips with that and understand that they're going to have to either, you know, cut bait or go all in on making it a more mature book. Uh, that's just, that's just how it is. And, you know, whenever you, you read Larry Hama's stuff on, uh, 
a real American hero. It's it, it, it's really good stuff, and it's smart, and, and it's what Larry Hama has always been good at. But uh, I feel like that there's a another step that, that needs to be taken, and if it is going to Skybound, which is Robert Kirkman's uh, uh, imprint, that would that seems to, to, to indicate to me that maybe Hasbro's ready to do that to maybe step it up. That's what I was thinking because. Skybound has been telling some like ton, always told mature stories. Obviously, Robert Kirkman's famous for writing The Walking Dead, um, but I know I'm also reading Firepower from them. It's very good. Um, but they mm. put out some pretty violent, crazy uh, stuff, and some people were speculating that it was odd that it's going to Skybound instead of Marvel, which because Hasbro seemed to have a good some sort of relationship with Marvel. Um, but I think going to Skybound seems promising and Marvel wants, they have no, no real interest in it. I I, I couldn't imagine them having interest in that just because they've got plenty that they can utilize in that area. I think that that with Skybound, you're going to get some quality people, you know, that know that franchise that can also sort of take it to the next level. I think that, you know, ultimately it, it, it's all in Hasbro's court. You know, what do they want? What what are they willing to to take a risk on? And I just feel like they're going to have to, you know, take that that property to a more mature level that would allow them, you know, from a, from a company standpoint, you know, they're interested in in selling toys and you know, nobody really sells a lot of toys to kids anymore. Let's face it. You know, most of these uh, kids are on phones and uh, playing video games. I have games more and toys that now as an adult than I did as a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so you know, now you know it. It would allow them to move into a, a this the new marketplace for that kind of stuff, uh, including video games and uh, you know TV, uh, movies, whatever. You know that can actually be successful um, and having somebody like Kirkman there to, to sort of shepherd that would be, uh, would be really cool because he, he knows how to, how to operate across platforms, you know, comics, TV, movies. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's been there and, and has a lot of experience with it. So uh, I see if, if that comes to the pass, I see it as a good thing. And before we move on to uh, things for February, I do want to say to finish off, I'm going to guess right now that if Skybound gets it, I think we'll get a one shot Walking Dead G.I. Joe crossover. And if they aren't thinking about that right now, I want them to know that they need to do it. And I suck. (laughs) (laughs) I just. Because I just want to see where they would go with something like that. I like I like Robert Kirkman, but uh, my uh, my Walking Dead uh, enthusiasm really took a hit these last few seasons of Walking Dead. Oh yeah, no show wise, and, 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 and with the comic being gone. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just hope that they focus on a good GI Joe story. And I, you know, yeah, it just, I hope they know what to do and knowing is half the battle. Um, the other half is drawing and writing it. So <laughs> um, now let's get into the fun and exciting world of stuff coming out. And as usual for February, I have a lot of stuff on my list. And so the way I'm going to focus on it is I'm just going to quickly mention some titles of books that you will definitely hear me reviewing throughout the month that I already have on a pull list. And then I'm going to break down some new books or some things that I'm not sure if I'm getting, but you should definitely look out for. Um, So books you can look forward to hearing me talk about in future episodes for the month of February that I will be giving short reviews on are obviously Batman, Detective Comics, Dark Knights of Steel, uh, One Star Squadron, Pirate Queen, Monster Kill Squad, uh, because we're getting new issues of both of those soon. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, Batgirls, Radiant Black, all of your Power Ranger books, 
Um, I am going to finish Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes, Apache Delivery Service, and I'm sure James is going to be reading that one too. Um, Nightwing, uh, DC versus Vampires, Batman 89, Task Force Z, the DC Black Label series, Swamp Thing, Green Hell, and of course, until the day they kill it, Beast Wars. So those are books that you can definitely expect to hear me talk about this month in more detail. Now, here are some breakdowns for new series or one shots that I found that I really want to pick up this month or hear about. Uh, the first is Sabretooth number one. It's an X book. It, I believe it looks like it's going to be an ongoing series. But the thing you need to know that makes, I think, this book important is that Sabretooth at the beginning of all of the new generation of X-Men books, he was one of the few mutants that actively was like, no, I'm going to continue being a piece of shit. And so the new mutant government decided, well, because of resurrection, they can't kill him because of their protocols and laws. So he is literally put into suspended animation deep inside the island of Krakoa till forever. A very just crazy punishment. So the idea of him getting out is frightening because he is somebody who's Sabretooth is going to hold a grudge. So we have that book coming out. Another is, I think this is a terrible title, but I think it's the point. It's called Excellent. <laughs> it's another X book because, and as someone new to X-Men, I didn't know this, but apparently there was an X book called Ecstatics years ago. Um, it followed um, a version of X-Force who then became Ecstatics, um, who were very fame hungry. You know, think the, the, the vibe I got from it was the real world X-Men. And so kind of a bunch of like douchey, fame hungry uh, mutants. So apparently this book is going to deal with the old team of ecstatics coming into with this new team of excellent. I can't say the team name excellent without cringing. <laughs> um, but the that's thing, the point. I, yeah, that's the point. And the thing that I think that this book could make it really great is I feel like it's going to have a lot to say about the changing nature of fame and how you become famous. I mean, nowadays you can become famous on, you know, YouTube or just Instagram. Like anybody can rise up, it seems like. Yeah. Whereas, you know, formerly fame was before social media was a very different thing to acquire. So I think it's gonna deal a lot with like how social media has changed the game. Um and I think that that could have a lot of really interesting things to say as most of the X-Men books have had that this last couple of years. So that's a book I'm looking forward to, number one this month. Um, I do want everyone to know, I'm deciding if I'm going to do this or not, but the Fantastic Four Reckoning or um, Alpha issue comes out this month. Um, it is a new big event that's been they've been working on for years and years and years, and it's supposed to be a big deal. And so if you are into Fantastic Four, this is a book I feel like is a no-brainer. Uh, next up, and I picked this book out because the lead character's name is the best name of anyone ever. The main character's name is Marcus. <laughs> and of course, and it is called The Monkey Prince, which is very much a derived from the idea of the Monkey King and the classic um uh, the classic tale of the journey to the West. Um, so this character, Marcus son is actually the child of two freelance hench people. And so he finds himself at a, according to the synopsis, he finds himself at a new, as a new kid at Gotham city high school where a mysterious man with pig features asks Marcus to walk through a water curtain to reveal himself as who he really is. Someone who has adventured through the journey of the West can transform into 72 different formations, can clone himself using his hairs, and is called the Monkey Prince. Relatable um, high school experience. Yeah, uh, 
And if, yeah, yeah if the few little thing, the little bit that I know about Journey into the West and the Monkey King is he makes the kind of super powers that Superman has look like Superman's a chump. It, though Monkey King is probably one of the most powerful figures in fiction. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they do. It does look like this is going to be a very like cocky, headstrong character. I've never met a teenager like that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. The next one is there are uh, two brothers, uh, two Nigerian brothers, and they have won a Creators for Creators grant for 2019. And their names are Shobo and Shof Coker. And they are bringing a book called New Masters that gave me a little bit of District 9 vibes with the description. Um, they say it's a blend of science fiction, adventure, drama, and vibrant Afrofuturism um, in a striking vision of West Africa under the thumb of alien colonizers. A motley crew of outcasts find themselves caught up in a power struggle for control of an ancient artifact of immense power. Um, obviously, the District 9 idea comes from the fact that aliens showing up in Africa. Um, but this just looks like a really, really cool way of exploring, I'm sure, colonialism in that con in that con on the continent. Um, and the fact that they won a grant to get this made and it's being published, I believe, by image um, is really exciting. Looks really cool. Um, I was going to ask Tom, but Tom couldn't join us this week. I didn't realize also for my next pick, there has been a uh, Batman versus Bigby uh, series. Um, mm -hmm. He is the big bad wolf from Fables. And there's oh. been a crossover series with him and Batman. Um, so I wanted to see uh, who would win this fight. But since Tom isn't here to defend himself, Batman's going <laughs> to win this fight. <laughs> um uh, next up, we have a new Iron Fist series. Um, if you have only watched the Iron Fist Netflix show, I want you to just erase that from your mind. No matter, I don't care how you feel about it, because this new Iron Fist series looks like it's a handing off of the mantle uh, from one character to the next because Danny Rand no longer has the power of the Iron Fist, but somebody else shows up with it. Um, I, you know, one thing that is really being pushed in this new Iron Fist series is the fact that the character does seem to be of Asian descent. Um, something that was, it was something that people wanted for Marvel to do with their live action representation because of like the white savior narrative, cultural appropriation of the original Iron Fist stories. Um, that was just something that could have been a really easy way to not have to do that um and netflix and marvel did not but this book might be the beginning of something new and permanent if they're looking to address that in their comics we'll see yeah i've always thought that the 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 uh, character of danny rand as iron fist never really felt right i mean regardless of whatever issues i mean he was you know just having somebody who was worthy of the um of that mantle and being Danny Rand's character, just, it didn't feel right ever. It always felt like a, a weird role for him. Um, uh, I always thought that it would, it would have been cool if like Shang-Chi took it, but, uh, you know, kind of made sense, but you know, you, you have two different IPs there. So, yeah, I feel like when there was earlier Shang-Chi movie buildup, they that there was discussion and rumors that that's what was going to actually happen was that they were going to kind of combine the characters in a way. Um, God, they didn't. That movie was awesome without adding that bit to it. Um, but we'll see how they handle uh, Iron Fist going forward, or they may just leave the character alone for a while. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, for those of us like me who are reading Radiant Black, uh, which is basically a very modern kind of true to how people behave, take on Power Rangers, um, which is great because it's being written by Kyle Higgins, who who restarted Power Rangers for me. Um, listen, for you, 
Oh, he did it for me. He's where just uh, we're for not, you. Yeah, he heard about me. Um, nice. <laughs> but Radiant Black. One of the cool things about it was that the characters were not perfect. They weren't role models. They were very regular people with regular. Like the main character at first was just a regular guy with really regular problems who was having to live with his parents again, despite his adulthood because of his own failings. And he wasn't chosen to be worthy. It was kind of an accident. Um, And going forward, you find out that each of the characters who have gotten these abilities are kind of in the same thing. And they haven't really formed a super team a la Power Rangers. They are behaving the way people who don't know each other would behave. Um, But Supermassive, number one, which is, I believe, going to be a standalone, is the big new crossover that's going to lead to multiple spinoffs, including uh, Red Lava Girl and Rogue Sun. Um, Rogue Sun being much more of a supernatural book, but it's how they're expanding that universe over at Image. Um, So if you are reading Radiant Black and you're excited for more stuff like that, Supermassive is going to be the beginning of an explosion, I feel like, for these characters in that universe. Um, and in fact, I even have on here on my list too, Rogue Sun number one comes out. And just to read it to you, um, let's see. When New Orleans' greatest hero, Rogue Sun, was murdered, um, his son discovers that Rogue Sun was actually his estranged father and that he has inherited the mantle. Tasked with protecting our world from the forces of the supernatural and solving his father's murder, Dylan will be forced to come to terms with a man he spent the majority of his life hating. So there's that very human story of like being estranged from your parents or, you know, even if you aren't estranged from your parents, just hating your parents. Um, And then coming to terms with the fact that they're a person just like you and that, you know, you're, we're all people. So that's really cool. Um, Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'll probably pick up the first one and see how it goes. We're getting a new Ghostwriter series that is going to take uh, Ghostwriter kind of back to basics as far as what they're saying. Which in the Marvel Universe, sometimes back to basics, it gets intertwined in the shared universe really quickly. So we'll see. Um, but I really wanted to get into the occult side of Marvel Comics. This seems like a great hopping on point because I believe later this year there is a Men Marvel Midnight Suns game coming out, which is going to deal with like occult Marvel Marvel characters and like a tactical RPG. Um, so maybe this will lead into like a Midnight Suns sort of new crossover. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I have on here is Aquaman, and it's just really about Arthur Curry, the classic Aquaman, teaming up with the former Aqualad, Jackson Hyde. Now, where Jackson Hyde is important to me is that Jackson Hyde is the Aqualad that was made very popular and I believe created for the animated series Young Justice. And Young Justice has been the pinnacle of DC adaptations and storytelling um, for some time, so much so that it got continued whenever they were able to move to their DC app and then now to HBO Max. Um, so bringing that character up as Aqualad is really, really cool. And it's going to star the two of them together before I guess they kill Aquaman in three months. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, so it'll be called Aquaman minus one after that point, I guess. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what actually happens there. But... That just looks like another neat series that DC is starting up uh, this month. And those are those are kind of my picks for February. Um, you guys notice any comics or graphic novels getting released that you're excited about? Yeah, uh, I'm a, a couple of years that, I, that I'm uh, really interested in is I'm always down for a Ghost Rider series. Uh, I really like uh, Benjamin Percy. He has been doing a really good job with uh, the other titles that he's been working on at Marvel. And, uh, you know, it looks like they're, they're going to be coming back with Danny Ketch. It was the, uh, the ghost rider from the nineties. 
the one that uh, I remember best. I remember I was around the time whenever I was really getting started into comics, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one I'm really looking forward to. Oh, uh, it's it on the the uh, summary. It says Johnny Blaze. Well, there's there's going to be some, some Danny Ketch in it. Danny Ketch in there bit. too. Sweet. Yeah, I, I believe. But um, um, I'm also looking forward to uh, Supermassive. Um, I'm really curious to see how Image is going to kind of approach a uh, a shared superhero universe uh, with uh, with these characters. And there's also a book coming out from AWA. Uh, called Primos. Uh, it's kind of a sci-fi story about uh, a couple of uh, indigenous uh, characters who were able to get off planet, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, and uh, the these two brothers end up uh, kind of separating, and one deciding that it, that he wants to uh, come back and. Uh, destroy the world later because his culture has been uh, basically wiped out <laughs> and the other brother is uh, trying to prevent that. Uh, looks like a really good book. It's got uh, Al Madrigal who's uh, working on it. Looks like a uh, uh, looks like a solid book. I haven't heard from him in a while so I'm kind of interested to see uh, see what that brings to the table. Okay. Yeah, sweet. Oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad that we're going to be reading some of the same stuff finally. Yeah. Ooh, we'll have to have a book club. Y'all are cute. Yeah. Usually, James it, and I do not share tastes. If so. there isn't enough Danny Ketch and Ghost Rider, I'm going to be sad. You're going to be sad. Um, I kind of hope too. I think you know. I think it'd be dumb for them to ignore that. There's only so back to basics they can take a character and mythology like that. Uh, without resetting it and they're not resetting it it's the marvel universe they've never even when they've had a chance to reset they did not they backed out on it um yeah um meg you check out anything this month yeah um there's a few graphic novels that are coming out this year in general that look interesting to me so i found a few that were coming out just like in the uh one that's coming out well that actually just uh was published in the u.s and then a couple that are coming out in february um, the first one is called Crushing, and this is by Sophie Burroughs, and um, I think this is her debut work. I may be wrong about that, but um, it was actually, she actually wrote it in 2019 and self-published it in the UK, and it won a, the V&A Illustration Awards in the UK, which is like, I didn't know what that was, but apparently it's really prestigious. And um, so it they're, they published it this month in the U.S., and it looks great. It I love the the art. The art really reminded me of Lizzie Stewart, uh, who I've talked about previously. Uh, I really like her stuff. It's like pencil. Why are you smiling like that? I always enjoy watching you get nerdy the way we get nerdy, and, I, what? and just see oh, your excitement. Okay. It's great. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna not. I'm happy you. that you're happy. <laughs> well, thanks, Marcus. What a pal. Our pal, Marcus. Um. But it's really pretty, and I I believe it's wordless. I believe it's just all illustrations. And um, she self-described it as a story that explores the ups and downs of romantic interaction, lust, and longing. Born from an interest and interwoven stories within a crowd, I wanted to explore the romantic trope of eyes meeting in a crowded room and the expectations, interruptions, and misunderstandings that can arise from a glance between two people. Illustrations are very pretty. I mean, the whole thing is illustration, so uh, that's good. <laughs> it's a graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that just came out, and I've been trying to find it. I actually like was on Goodreads, I think, and was trying to find stuff that I thought I would like, and I found this, and I can't find it anywhere, and that's because it wasn't published in the U.S. yet. Now it is, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, the second one is going to come out in February. It's called The Forest and it's by Thomas Ott. And um, it is, it's actually a graphic novella. It's just 25 pages of illustrations. It is also just illustrations. And um, it is about a boy who sneaks away from a family funeral and he starts uh, going into the forest where he uh, 
according to this, confronts man's greatest fear and must choose his path, which says that's very vague. I don't know what that means, but it's very pretty and everything is done at scratchboard illustrations. And if you don't know what scratchboard is, it is when you take um, a, there's a surface covered, it's just a white or, or colored surface. It can be colored. Um, that's covered in black ink. And you use tools to kind of make delicate little scratches, um, and that forms the image. So every, instead of, you know, drawing it, you're scratching everything off. So um, I love scratchboard art. I think it's very beautiful. Hey, and, don't um, don't be harsh on wordless graphic novels and comics, because I've had one make me cry. Oh, like, no, they're, they're phenomenal. Like, they could, like, the right artists can, you know, yeah, there's people sometimes sure. when they're reading comics and graphics can forget how important the illustrations are. but Years ago, when Robin was killed, and I won't get into the specifics of how ridiculous everything surrounding his death was, but the following issue of Batman was a silent issue of Bruce patrolling the city, grieving, and sometimes he would see Robin like out of the corner of his eye, his son. And at the end of it, he just bashes the display case with his costume in it and just grabs hold of it. And I wept like a baby so yeah it can, be very it can be a very powerful way to tell yeah, a story for sure no i love it i uh illustrations are always my draw uh, in graphic novels anyway so i think that um i like the way that emotions are conveyed uh via picture so anyway the last thing i'm going to talk about also coming out in february is it uh it's actually a publication from 2016 but they're just now releasing the english translation um so it's just now being translated and um this is called castaways and it's by pablo monforte and art is by laura perez and this looks this is actually the one i'm probably the most excited about it has very like from the description it sounds very like before sunrise that movie series that's kind of the vibe i get from it Maybe that's off, but that's kind of what it sounded like to me. It's about um, Alejandra and Julio over the course of two characters uh, that over the course of 10 years kind of circle in and out of each other's lives and uh, eventually accept that their time to be anything more than friends has already passed. Um, I love stuff like that. It's so good. Uh, So, yeah, those are my things I'm looking forward to. That's so sad. I know, I love it. <laughs> it's like like the lake house, so good. but good, probably. <laughs> but good. Yeah, it sounds really good. The um looks very pretty. Awesome. Those are my things that I am bringing. Yeah. I wanted to talk about more, but it was stuff coming out later in the year. I got really excited about it, so y'all are just gonna have to wait. It's it's hard Sorry. not to. As someone who already has a super long list, like <laughs> I I constantly have to be like, rein it in, Marcus. I know. Um, I was like, no. <laughs> but with all these recommendations, it sounds like we have a good, buried list of things for you to go check out this month. And remember to go to your local comic book shop, get these on your pull list. Comic book shops rely on these sort of pre orders, but they're not pre orders you pay for. So it's not like a game situation where you're paying for something you don't have, but it lets shops know how much to order of certain things so they can get you exactly what you want otherwise you might not be able to find it so please make sure to go and give to your local comic shop even if it's just for a single series hey marcus i think it's really important what's up marcus hey did you uh you didn't happen to pick up white river monster number one this week did you no what is that i was wondering I was I, I was hoping to get a copy of it, and I didn't. Have you heard about this? No, but the title it's, alone is like, I'm down. <laughs> yes, yeah, the White River Monster. Have you ever heard of the White River Monster? It's from uh, it's the White River here in Arkansas, actually. Uh, what? Up around, uh, up around Newport. Uh, there's. I used to live there when I, when I was a kid. Cool. There was like a patch of sand there you could go and swim in. <laughs> swim in, 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 the, in the White River, and there was all these stories about this white river monster and apparently somebody made a comic out of it and what? i had hope, hoped to grab it i guess it just blew out of the store oh, it's just blown out <clears throat> but uh, uh yeah it's uh it came out this this week and, that uh, when you said it the vibe it gave me immediately was of um what is that other monster it's like the bigfoot of like arkansas swamp yeah the falcon <laughs> 
Falk uh, the, Falk yeah. monster. Falk monster. Yeah, um, I watched monster. that uh, the film about it. Um, oh, yeah, nice. I, I'm looking at, at the uh, cover online here of, of this book. But this monster, it, it it's not the way it was depicted whenever I was a kid. I, I, I remember it was basically kind of like everybody just kind of drew it as like the Loch Ness monster. I, I, you could buy t-shirts and stuff with it on it. And I think that, that they probably just borrowed graphics from Loch Ness or whatever. But yeah, this one is actually much more mm-hmm. unique. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I'm going to okay, have to check that yeah. out. Um, that sounds awesome. Uh, find out if you can order some more. I will definitely pick that up. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Well, guys, thank everyone so much. Uh, I guess go check out since you know we're from Arkansas. See if you can find White River Monster number one. And hey, give us a message if you just want to send us a copy of that issue. We'll take it from you, no problem. Um, but, don't forget to send pictures of meat, and don't forget to send your pictures of meat for James to Very judge. Very important, specifically your meat. <laughs> As Marcus said just now, <laughs> Meg, you were having so much fun. Um, but thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Make sure to follow us on social media and your favorite podcasting app service. That's right. Just hit a subscribe button, even on YouTube, where you can find us talking about previews and showing off visuals for a lot of the books that we talk about too. Thank y'all so much for listening and don't forget to read what you love.